Hey there, it's me, your money, and welcome to Tandia Talks Money. They say money talks, and it is true, I do. And I also like to work hard. They say it builds character, but it also builds TFSAs and RRSPs, which is why every week Tandia will share new ideas, tips, and wisdom from Tandia's finest to help you get to where you want to go. You know, with a little help from me, of course. Like, who else? This one's, this one is going to blow your mind. Everything is a lie. We're going to travel back. 2001, it was a simpler time. You know, our most pressing worry was getting our homework done so we can watch the TGIF lineup. And if you don't know what that acronym is, then you are too young. I'm just kidding. You can still listen, but thank God it's Friday. Great lineup. You know what else was popular during this important time in pop culture history? Yeah, you guessed it. Jennifer Lopez, Jenny on the Block, J-Lo. I don't even know how many other names she has. Maybe she's just going to go by Jake soon. But of course, J-Lo in 2001 came with Ja Rule. I mean, J-Lo has not lost her edge. Ja Rule couldn't tell you where he is. I have seen J-Lo in concert. Let me tell you, she is goals. Like, if I look like that at that age, I'm winning. I'm winning. I don't look like that at 37. So, I mean, maybe I can obtain that. Who knows? Anyways, the I'm Real remix was and still is a great song. Such a great song. Now, I'm sure you have thought to yourself, you definitely know all the words to this song. I know you in your head are thinking like, yeah, who doesn't know all the words? It's a great song. Now, ironically, this topic has become quite the hot conversation piece lately. And my mind is blown, blown. I am going to preface this and tell you I'm going to be 100% honest and let you know I 1000% screw up the lyrics to songs all the time. And I just go ahead and make them up. But ironically, Others also screw up the words to this song. And at the beginning of this song, I'm Real, I, along with a majority of other people, thought she was saying, are you ready? Which also could be confused with, she's asking for someone named Ellie. Like, are you Ellie? Well, guys, are you listening? It's neither of that. On the track, right before she sings her opening line, Ja Rule says, what is my bleep, 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 bleep name? And she responds. She is freaking responding and spelling out R-U-L-E. She is spelling his name and answering his question. He asks, what is my bleep, bleep name? And she just spells it out. She spells it out. It's been 22 years and I've been singing, I've been singing it wrong are you ready? Like I thought it was, are you ready? Now I went down this rabbit hole because naturally when I began writing the podcast and thinking, oh, what song am I going to do this week? I was going to begin the podcast with, are you ready? And I went and looked the lyrics up and like, I'm, I'm shocked. Like I'm still in shock. So like my whole point was like, are you ready? Are you ready to buy a home? 
I mean, I don't know. You might be still freaking out that it's R-U-L-E. R-U-L-E. I've had time to recoup. So we're going to dive in and talk about, are you ready to purchase a home? Because let's face it, purchasing a home, it can be a complex, involved decision. And before buying, there are like many things to consider. Look, we're just going to address the elephant in the room. Here is the problem. Affordability, right? I know. I know. Don't scream at me. I know. Affordability is the number one concern of millennials. There are many fears associated with purchasing a home. I know, like, I'm scared. I'm in a home, but I'm scared I'm going to be here the rest of my life because I can't afford to go anywhere else because the prices are crazy. It's crazy. But 56% of us who are looking to purchase our home are afraid of missing or forgetting to take like a crucial step in the process of home buying because it can be overwhelming. 52% are uncertain of which type of mortgage is the best fit for their needs and lifestyle. They don't even know what types of mortgages there are. 71% worry about being hit with unanticipated costs. Yeah, I'm, I was part of that. I was shocked by some of the unanticipated costs that come with owning a home. So hopefully today's podcast, we can break it down a little bit, make it a little bit more relatable and help you learn how to plan for home ownership. We're going to go through maybe what a down payment is, how it works, some ongoing costs associated with owning a home and purchasing a home. And let's face it, like this topic, it's for sure going to be a two-parter, like maybe three-parters. I don't know, but I'm curious to hear your input after this. But today we're just going to, we're just going to dip our toe in the water. We're going to keep it a little simple. So where do we start? Well, Like I say, we want to build positive financial habits that can help us live our life to the best, right? So what goes into building a good foundation? So when it comes to homeownership, there are many items to kind of consider when you're creating your home ownership timeline. So let's start with point number one. Can you afford to buy? How do you know that? Have you gone through a budget? Have you looked at what is available to you? Like what is a, what is affordable for you to purchase? What is affordable for you to carry on a monthly basis? You have to ask yourself, do I have stable income? Is this even the right time? You need to know and ask yourself these questions before you begin to research, which is my next point. Have you thought about what your price point would be? What do you feel comfortable with? I know that the listings are crazy and people are going in no conditions like 20 like thousand times over the asking price of the purchase. So do your research, know what you're kind of getting into before you get into it. Think about, yes, okay, I can afford this housing cost, but have you accounted for the additional costs? Like, have you planned for the additional ongoing costs that come with owning a home? And find yourself property, start looking, go in for a pre-approval, follow all these steps and start the process. You don't know until you start to look and that may change your mindset that might change where you want to move. I had lunch today with some friends and it was great because we talked about like, you know, wouldn't it just be great to like completely sell everything and move to LA? I mean, I don't think our housing prices problems will decrease there, but like sometimes, you know, it's just nice to drink. But anyways, find a property, find a location of where you want to be. Cause let me tell you, any realtor is going to tell you location is everything. I did not listen to a realtor, a friend of the family when he's like, yeah, no, like you're not going to want to live there. Our first house. Cause it was in an area that we just didn't grow up with. And like everything just made more sense to be where we are now. Um, but I didn't listen cause 
again, I'm that person that when somebody tells me don't touch it, I'm going to touch it. So maybe he should have said like, yeah, you should move there. And I would have been like, no way. I'm going to live in the West end of Hamilton, but totally digress. Location is everything. So be sure that you are in the location that you want, or at least like in the desired general area of where you want, because it is a huge investment of purchasing a home. You're not going to really flip-flops all the time, or maybe you are. I lived in my first house for seven months, but then I've been here for 10 years. So it just depends on, you know, does it feel right? And does it make sense at the time? So you've created this timeline, but as everything else and any sort of goal and any sort of kind of financial plan you put in place, you need to understand what your current financial picture is. You know, you need to be telling your money where to go and what to do. Because ultimately you want to help reduce your stress about money before you get into a home. Because let me tell you, it just comes with more stress. I'll let you in on that little secret. Uh, You want to develop positive financial habits again before you enter a home because, you know, things just tend to get magnified a little bit when you get into one and things happen, you know, like a pandemic or you might have a mat leave or you might have a job loss. Things can happen and you're you're with these payments, you want to make sure you understand your financial picture ahead of time and have positive habits going into it. Always keep your finances organized. I promise you, this is huge because like, again, last week laughed with a friend that I was looking for my son's birth certificate because I had to renew his passport or get him a passport, I should say. And I, I thought I put it in one place. And then she had the same thing. She's like, I have little places of papers of important papers everywhere. So Your financials come with important papers, right? Like along with your birth certificates and passports. So keep them organized. I promise you, it will make your life easier going forward. Set and prioritize your financial goals. Just as, you know, we prioritize, like I want to increase my cash flow. We want to set and prioritize your financial goals when it comes to home ownership. And like, even if you are in a home right now, maybe you want to put a pool in. Maybe you want to do a driveway. Maybe you want to do... Uh, your kitchen. I think that's my list that I'm rhyming off to people, but I feel like that's a pretty general thing that people want to do. Maybe. Who doesn't want a pool? I don't know. But plan and project income and expenses in advance. So as much as we can account for these like, uh uh-ohs that come up in our financial picture, we want to try to plan accordingly as best as we can. Obviously, we can't plan for all of them. We can't plan for, you know, a pandemic. Nobody could have plan that or maybe they did and we didn't listen. I don't know. But try to kind of put some practices in place now that will help you weather those storms. So that way you know you're not you're not left like totally stressed and have no other options. You you maybe just fall back onto an emergency savings plan or you know you build out your budget on worst case scenario. So like worst case scenario if we lost this income what does this financial picture look like for us and can we do it? So try as best as possible to plan and project. Now, how do you do that? What do you need to know in order to do these things? Well, I'm glad you asked. Goal setting. So now that you've reviewed your current financial situation, it's time to set some goals. What is your home purchase timeline? Is there something that you are just in the beginning stages of planning or have you already made a purchase? Are you currently in a home and you're looking to refinance? You know, no matter what stage you are at, it is important to understand what you plan on achieving. And I just listed off my goals for you guys, like pool, kitchen, driveway, hopefully the driveway is this year. We'll see. But 
setting and prioritizing your financial goals. We talked about this, making your big goals, breaking them down into smaller goals. So maybe all around your financial picture, you're looking at a debt reduction plan. Maybe this debt reduction plan will help you create more savings and more cash flow for you. Maybe you're going to create an emergency savings plan because you're going to try and project and plan for the, the what ifs as best as possible. Maybe this home purchase is sooner than you think. Maybe you want to purchase a second home. Maybe you want to purchase a vacation home. Uh, your retirement plan. Maybe that vacation home is part of your retirement plan. Maybe your current home is part of your retirement plan. How can you improve your cash flow? How can you improve on a monthly basis your money coming in? Organize and streamline your accounts to make it easy to follow and keep it organized. So not only should you organize your papers because you know, when you're looking for that birth certificate and you're like, damn it, I knew I put it in this place and then you can't find it. Yeah. If you put it in a place and I put everything in that place, it would make life so much easier. Maybe your children's education is part of your financial picture at this point. So all of these, you know, little things that yes, a child's education doesn't have anything to do with home ownership or getting into your first home, but it does. Because when you are in this home and maybe you're going to create a family, you're going to need to have some money to put aside for this child's education. So are you going to go into a home that's going to cause you to decrease your cash flow? Or are you going to go into a home that's going to allow you to have that flexibility to still do the things that you want? So how do we plan for that? Well, you you set your goals and these goals don't have to happen you know, overnight, there are goals that happen over a year, over six months, over a month, maybe just like your first goal is, you know, I'm just going to sit down and make the plan. Goal number one, right? We always emphasize taking your big goals and breaking them down into smaller goals. You need to consider all of these aspects when you think about how much you're going to be able to afford and what needs to be considered. You need to know what your anticipated household income is. Are you going to have a roommate? Are you going in with a spouse? Are you going in with a parent? Are you going in on your own? Like what is your total household income going to be? Do you have two jobs? That's a main factor in what you're going to be able to afford. Have you even started saving for a down payment? Do you know how much you're going to need to save for a down payment? Do you know the differences between the down payments? Have you investigated what your current mortgage rate would be? Because that also has a factor on how much you're paying per month. And have you even investigated and spoken to a lender or your banking BFF to see what your affordability is based on your debt to service ratio? Don't worry, we're going to go through what debt service ratios are and we will review the calculations with you. And I'm going to do it as best as I can over a mic versus in person. But just to give you an idea of what you should be looking at prior to kind of getting out there and looking on MLS. Cause let me tell you, it's super fun to look at all these houses, but unless you can like put some tangible goals to it, it's just, you know, it's tea. Like, right. You're looking at these houses, like, Oh, I want to look at all and be in all these houses, but what do you need to do to get there? And how do you make these things happen? So let's talk about your down payment, right? We've done all of our due diligence. We've looked at the different aspects that there are in terms of like your goals and your cash flow and your affordability and you got all your ducks in a row all your ducks how to save for a down payment so what do you need to know you've set your goal and you've set a down payment goal you've investigated how much you're going to need step two would be you know create a budget to determine if you can make that goal happen so let's say you need like fifty thousand dollars for your 
down payment? Have you put a plan in place and can you afford to put some money away towards this goal and create a timeline for this $50,000? And do you have it in the right product? Can you put it into an RSP? I'm going to do a whole second part on the RRSP home buyers because I think that deserves its own platform, but that is a great tool to help you get into your home. So do you have your funds in that in that product? Do you have it in a TFSA? Is it earning some interest for you while you're waiting to put this down payment on a home? All the fun things. Now with your down payment, so we look at two things, right? Like we're going to look at your down payment, how much you have set aside. We're going to look at your credit history. We're going to look at the purchase price and your affordability. And that goes towards two rules. Now a rule, R-U-L-E, like a rule, not are you ready? Like jaw rule. I'm still like, my mind is still blown. Anyways, there's two affordability rules. Rule one, housing should not cost more than 32% of your gross monthly income. And rule two, your entire monthly debt load should not represent more than 42% of your gross monthly income. Now, what did those mean? Why? Why is there numbers? Well, I will explain that. Rule number one, are you elite? I'm going to say this like forever now. And I, any person that I encounter over the age of, I'm going to say like 35 to really appreciate the 2001 music, I'm going to ask them what they think because like, I can't be the only one. I feel like everyone probably thought it was, are you ready? I'm, it's good. This is going to be a topic the rest of the conversation. So I hope you're willing to listen to that. But affordability rule number one, GDS, known for gross debt service. Now, these are the calculations that us as a lender and any lender you deal with will do to see what your affordability is when you look at a home that you would like to purchase. So the gross debt service ratio is a measure that financial lenders use to assess the proportion of housing debt that a borrower is paying in comparison to their income. The gross debt service ratio may also be referred to as the housing expense or a front end ratio. So what it is, simple calculation, it is your total monthly housing costs, your projected housing costs, right? So what your mortgage payment is going to be, what your property taxes are going to be, a a assumed payment, what a potential heat cost would be. And let's say you're going to be in a condo building or a townhouse that has any sort of condo fee associated. We also take that into consideration because that is part of your housing costs. Now we're going to take all of those numbers. We're going to add them up and get one number. That one number, we're going to divide that by your gross monthly income, your gross times that by a hundred. And we're going to end up with a percentage. We want that percentage under 32%. So we want your total monthly housing costs to be 32% of your gross monthly income, because we don't want to overextend you to the point where, you know, it's like 50% and you still have all your other debt obligations. Which brings me to rule number two, TDS, total debt service. So, you know, all those like monthly housing costs that we added up, we take that and we add that to any and total all your monthly debt costs. So I'm talking like if you have a student loan, a line of credit, if you have a car loan, if you have a boat loan, I don't know what you have, but 
we take all of those into consideration. So if you have like four credit cards, we take into consideration four credit card payments. Because even if you don't owe on these credit cards, it is potential debt you can use in the future. So we take all of those, we add that number up. So now we have your total monthly housing costs and we have your total monthly debt costs. Add those two numbers together, divide that by your gross monthly income times by 100, and that is going to give us a percentage as well. Now we want that percentage to be less than 42% of your gross monthly income. So that is indicating to us that this home purchase is affordable based on all your current debt. So if you are going to like, I mean, we say 42%, if you're going to be like 44%, I mean, I don't think that's a deal breaker, but the higher you creep, the less realistic it is for you to afford. And we don't want to overextend yourself. Cause let me tell you, there are really fun things that happen when you own a home that come up that are unexpected. And if you can barely kind of handle, you know, your total monthly housing costs plus your total monthly debt, then these unexpected things will feel way more catastrophic to you because you already have less cash flow. And let's keep in mind, we are working with your gross monthly income. So that's not what you actually take home. Like your net income is what you take home. So these ratios, again, are designed to keep it affordable for you. That's why we really try to get you under 42%. I do also want to mention that your total monthly debt does not include any sort of costs like utility bills, like internet, phone, um, hydro, any of those things. So Let's move on to how does your down payment work? Now, I'm sure you've heard 5% down, CMHC fees. Oh my God, I don't want to pay that, but I want to save 20% down. But sometimes 20% down seems like outrageous to save. So let's just talk about anywhere in between. Okay, so you have to put a minimum of 5% of the purchase price of the home is required in Canada. When a home is purchased with a down payment between 5% and 20% of the purchase price, this is referred to as a high ratio mortgage. Now it can be, I I get the question often that it's either five or 20, like absolutely not. You can put like 11% down. You can put 17% down. If it is anything less than 20%, you are considered a high ratio mortgage and a high ratio mortgage applies to anything less than 20% of a down payment to put towards the purchase of a home. In these cases, you must qualify for mortgage default insurance through one of three insurers, SAGEN, CMHC, and Canada Guarantee. Those are the Canadian and default insurers that insure the lender because they are taking on a little bit more risk. Now, let's say you have 20% or more, then this is considered to be a a conventional mortgage. So with a 20% or more down payment usually comes with an appraisal and is required to qualify for what is called, again, a conventional mortgage. Mortgage loan insurance, the default insurance, the premium is not required on this type of mortgage because it presents less risk to the lender. As a conventional mortgage, it does not exceed this 80% maximum of the property's value because it gives the lender a cushion that if they had to realize on your home because of default, then they have 20% worth of equity to play with if they had to sell your property, which like, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole with you guys because I want to just keep this light and entertaining, not, you know, scare you into homeownership. So 
those are questions that you can ask your banking BFF through how we tell you to get in touch. But understanding these two differences really helps to gauge, you know, what your down payment should look like, what you want your down payment to look like, how much of a premium you want to pay because mortgage default insurance is usually referred to as CMHC insurance is mandatory for anything between the 5% and 20%. And again, the mortgage default insurance protects lenders in the event a borrower ever stopped making payments and defaulted on their mortgage loan. So they're assuming some of the risk. Although mortgage default insurance costs home buyers, you know, usually around 2.8 to 4% of their mortgage amount, it does allow Canadians who might not otherwise be able to purchase homes access to the Canadian real estate market. Because let's face it, if you're buying like a million dollar home and you want to put 20% down, then that's, that's $200,000 you're going to need to save. Right. So, so, I mean, if you've got that kind of cash, then great. But if not, then putting 5% down, it seems much more attainable. And this premium is worked into your purchase price and your payment. So it's not like you're paying an additional fee on top of it. Now, I do want to talk about the mortgage stress test. So you may have heard of this because starting in 2018, all Canadian buyers who are applying for a mortgage from a federally regulated lender are now required to undergo the mortgage stress test, including those who put at least 20% down as a down payment. So what this is, is borrowers are required to prove their ability to make mortgage payments, even in times when interest rates go up. So in order to pass the mortgage stress test, you need to qualify at your contracted mortgage interest rate plus 2% or the Bank of Canada's current five-year benchmark rate, whichever of the two is greater. So here's an example. If you are applying for a mortgage at a rate of 3.65%, then your lender will assess you and see if you qualify. Remember the R-U-L-E's, the rules that I talked about? If you were paying your home loan at 5.65%. So again, that's the 3.65 plus 2%. Since 5.65 would be considered greater than the Bank of Canada's five-year benchmark rate, which to be honest, I don't really know what that is right now. But if it is greater, then all this is doing is helping you as the consumer. Because let's say you, you know, you qualify at 3.65, your payment is based on 3.65 and you're at 44%. Now let's say in four years you renegotiate your term and now the rate is 5.65 and you're still like generally in the same financial picture, that will have a significant difference in your payment. So now you're you're creeping up in that ratio because your payment is higher. So why they do this now is this is to protect you so that if rates do increase over the term of your mortgage, your, your term of your rate, you're not so shocked if the rates go up because you've already qualified based on a 2% interest rate hike. I hope that made sense, but this is, it is to benefit you as the consumer. So again, this is, do you see why this is a lot of information, mortgages and all the ins and outs. I, again, this is going to be two, three parters. Maybe, you know, maybe this, we should just call this the mortgage podcast from now on, but I'm joking. 
But one other point that I want to talk about is not only do you have to think about, you know, your saving for your down payment, what your affordability is, but I want you to think about the costs that are also associated with a home purchase or home ownership. Because before you buy a home, it's important to understand the upfront and ongoing costs, including your closing costs. So what are closing costs? When budgeting for your for your home purchase, you'll want to have an accurate picture of the additional costs you'll need to pay. So you're not surprised at time of closing. Some of these costs may include land transfer tax, title insurance, property valuation fees, home inspection fees, and legal fees. You know, closing costs can range between one and a half to 4% of your purchase price and the legal and administrative costs you will need to pay when your house closes. You can't really get away with that unless maybe you're the lawyer, but costs before you close could entail, you know, maybe there's a home inspection fee that you're going to need to pay. There's a deposit that counts towards your down payment. Um, if you're required to make when you put an offer in, in a home, this deposit just shows the seller that you're serious and committed to buying their property, but you need to be prepared prepared to make that deposit if it's required. There's, again, you have to account for the mortgage default insurance that you might be putting down or might be incorporated into your costs. And again, like there's land transfer tax, which is calculated as a percentage of the purchase price of your home. All provinces have a land transfer tax payable on closing with the amount varying in each province. There's legal fees and disbursement fees. Uh, title insurance, which most lenders require title insurance to protect against losses in the event of a property ownership dispute. This is purchased through your lawyer or notary, usually costs between $100 and $300. Although the CMHC insurance itself is financed through the mortgage, there is PST on the insurance that must be paid in cash at time of closing. Again, that's not an astronomical amount, but still something that you need to be considering. Also, like things that are not legal and administrative like that, are there's going to be moving costs? Are you going to need to account for utility hookup fees? Are you going to need to purchase appliance or upgrade appliances? New furniture, uh, window coverings. I'm going to tell you a funny story. Maybe not that funny. It's really not funny at all. But we moved into our first house. It was a brand new house. We were the first owners. We were so great. Oh my God, it was so exciting. Finally out of my mom's house. I get freaked out when I can't see, like when I'm looking out the window and it's just completely black and I can't see anybody. Um, And we had no window coverings when we moved in, like none, because I didn't think, I just assumed places came with window coverings. They do not. So that was an unexpected, like couple hundred dollar cost for me to put out like right away, because again, I get freaked out when I look out into the window and I just see black. So that was something that hit me that I was like, oh my God, yeah, I guess we need to do that. And that doesn't come with the house. You know, another thing, garbage cans, garbage cans. Didn't think I, I don't know. I just took for granted that my mom had garbage cans and I didn't have to worry about that. But that was also like a, oh my God, yeah, I have to go run to Home Depot and buy that. Maybe yard and maintenance tools, right? Like a lawnmower, a barbecue, a weed whacker. Like, I don't know. My husband does all that stuff. I don't, do the yard work. But there's a lot of costs that come with that because, you know, you have to do that. A shovel, if you're moving in in the winter, in a Canadian winter, super fun. And then there's ongoing, ongoing fun expenses. Your property taxes, those don't go away. Uh, Property insurance, you pay that on a monthly basis. Your utilities, that's when the fun stuff comes in. Like you're going to get your heat bill, your water, your gas, uh, your bell bill, 
that's super fun to get each month. Uh, your maintenance and repair, you know, maybe you need to replace your roof. Maybe you need to replace windows. Maybe you have a flood. Maybe there's, um, I don't know, a rat problem. Let's really hope there's not a rat problem, but those are things that can come that are associated with the home and you as a homeowner, guess what? Like you're the one paying for these things, uh, garden and yard, yard work costs. You know, do you know how much planters are? Do you know how much a tree is? Like we finally like did our backyard the last two years and like trees are expensive. Like, don't you want us to plant them? But they're expensive. So those are ongoing costs. Like if you want to maintain your property, those are things you need to be thinking of. Um, security features, insurance, phone, internet, groceries. Let me tell you your first grocery bill when you move into a house is super fun. Cause guess what? Like just like your house doesn't, or maybe like a new house doesn't come with window coverings. Like, yeah, you have to buy all the condiments. Okay. Like all the condiments. I remember leaving like the grocery store thinking that was absurd. The grocery bill, because you know, we had nothing, no oil, no vinegar, no salt, no ketchup, no mustard, no hot sauce, like none of that. So you have to buy that all at once. Well, I guess you don't have to buy that all at once. Maybe that was a poor decision on my end, but it's things that you should be factoring in because those are costs that are associated with owning a home. So did I overwhelm you? Are you ready? I think I'm just going to keep singing that. I think I'm just going to keep singing that same, that same report because, you know, I don't like R-U-L-E because it's been 22 years of are you ready? So buying a home requires planning, saving, and patience. It's important to consider your options. Talk to your banking BFF. We believe that we can help you by giving you an understanding of financial literacy gives you an understanding of your financial picture. We want to help empower you. We want you to be in the know. We know the more you know. To make better financial decisions and have a positive relationship with money. We want you to recognize your worth and help you enjoy life to its fullest and have the experiences you've always wanted to do. We want to get you in that house. We want you to still be able to travel. We want you to still be able to plan for retirement. We are here for you. We encourage you to get in touch at any time whether it's with a question about our business or a comment on how we might be able to answer your burning financial questions. After all, at Tandia, your voice is the most important one. Thank you so much for tuning in and we hope you have found value through this podcast. We are on all the social channels, so please snap a photo of this podcast, tag us and share us on your channels so we can help get the word out. You can also always connect with us at Tandia.com and we will be sure to list all the ways you can get in touch in our show notes. Catch you soon. Thanks for tuning in. I don't know about you, but I feel smarter already. Remember, Tandia is here to help. If you found this podcast helpful, please let us know. Got feedback? Want to learn more? Just head to Tandia.com. Tandia, as unique as you.